0: You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Thank you for listening. My name is Ella Alwyn jones and I'm the editor at Corporate Treasurer, and I'm delighted to be moderating this discussion entitled Seamlessly Connect Towards a Digital Treasury Future. Now, this is an increasingly important and relevant topic for financial decision makers, with corporates racing to integrate digital solutions into their business processes to provide a better experience, ultimately, for their customers. According to HSBC's Asia Supply Chains Research, in 2021, 66% of corporates in Asia-Pacific are seeking seamless integration with their banking partners to support their ongoing digitization journey. However, many corporates are still on this journey to achieve the goal of seamless connection. So I am delighted to welcome Zohair Ahmed, who is Director of Global Liquidity and Cash Management at HSBC Singapore. Welcome, Zoher. Hi, Hello. And Daniel Laverick, who is Vice President and Head of Digital and Data Solutions at Zulig Health Solutions. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Ella. Now, both Zohair and Daniel will be discussing how technologies like APIs, blockchain, and banking as a service provide CFOs in Asia Pacific with a simpler and smarter way to access key banking services. Thank you both for joining us. I wonder if we could start with you, Daniel. Can you give us a bit of a brief outline about Zoolig Health Solutions and highlight some of the key technology-related challenges that you've faced to date?
1: Zoolig Pharma's digital and data solutions really are an ecosystem of integrated solutions that cover various B2B and B2C market needs. And these include um, e-commerce. Uh, we have a solution called EZRX, which is a B2B e-commerce platform, uh, which is available in 10 markets. And really what we're doing there is really offering a smarter way to buy and sell healthcare products. We have EasyTracker, first of its kind end-to-end blockchain solution. And this captures and translates data from plant to patient, covering both B2B and B2C, and helps to fight against the pharma supply chain inefficiencies. We have Easy Health. Um, It's really a comprehensive B2C health app uh, in the Philippines. offers everything that you would need from teleconsults for lab tests to ordering medicines, which to date has more than 2 million users on the platform. And then sitting around the solutions, we have our data analytics function. And this really takes real-world data and turns it into business intelligent insights to allow predictive models and to really allow our clients uh, to take actionable next steps. And so as we've gone through this journey, we've seen a few challenges along the way. You know, one key one is technology levels in markets. Asia itself is a diverse and complex market um, with varying adoption levels of of technology. Um, So with different technology levels, it means we've had to adapt the approach uh, and really adjust how we can customize and get the product to to market that that can fit uh, the most pressing market needs at that point in time. On top of that, you obviously have technology levels amongst customers. You know, uh, the product's only as good as its relevancy and, and how useful it is to the customer. And there's a need to educate end users, especially when you're using cutting-edge technology like blockchain. And then how do we really start to foster these partnerships between governments, private organizations uh, and the public um, so that we can be faster to market and we can make sure that the adoption of these technologies is where we would hope it to be. Uh, And then I think the third one is really around how do we accelerate the deployment and really meet our B2C customer needs. Traditionally, technology, it takes a long time, months, years to build a a product or or launch a product. But now uh, customers don't, don't want to wait that long. They want these products in days or hours. And so customers are very demanding for immediate changes. So how do we make sure that we can meet those challenges?
0: And Zohair, could I turn to you and ask what exactly is driving the desire between corporates and banks to seamlessly connect with each other? And do you have any real-life examples of how API-enabled banking integration has enabled those corporates to really follow and close transactions and and then access information more quickly?
2: Sure. I think the single most common question from treasurers is how to make their treasury function more efficient to enable growth. And the answer increasingly is via APIs. This is fueled by a shift in consumer behavior that demands speed. And APIs enable treasury to be quicker, safer, and data centric. Let me share two examples with you. A client in Indonesia in the commodities industry, and the other is a pharmaceutical in Thailand. Both used to collect checks from remote locations, an extremely cumbersome and manual process. API based collections have made the entire process a lot quicker and paperless. And the data derived from the process is critical in assessing their credit appetite as they look to extend payment terms. And the next step for these clients is to embed banking as a service to facilitate financing through their e-commerce platform. In general, I'd say APIs and platform-based sales are enabling companies to tap into a larger customer base than was previously possible.
0: Thank you, Soha. That's great. And back to you, Daniel, then. Can you talk us through some of the new solutions that you've leveraged to make communication between you and clients simpler and faster?
1: Yeah, I think Zahir um, touched on, on one of our key pain points, you know, and COVID and its lockdown really forced us to pivot quickly. Um, and this was to ramp up our, our e-commerce platform uh, to fulfill orders, make sure that, that we could get life-saving drugs uh, going out the door. But on the flip side of that, you know, our processes were very manual. You know, collectors used to go out and knock on doors, pick up cash and checks, and, and then deposit them in the bank. So overnight, with the COVID lockdowns that we saw across the market, it, it had a huge impact on our cash flow. At any one point in time, you know, we have around one5 to 2 billion uh, outstanding on, a, on accounts receivable. So, working with HSBC, we we're able to incorporate online banking capabilities within our e commerce platform very quickly. Um, and this really helped us to keep on operating. You uh, know, it allowed customers to pay online and then with that, improve cash flow with the suppliers as well. And this is all really down to APIs. It, it gave us this quick solution to streamline our manual tasks. Uh, and now we fix those, we can see huge potential for optimization going forward. With also, it allows us to respond much more quickly uh, when new opportunities emerge in, in new markets. Um, and these opportunities include expanding the use of existing tools uh, such as Easy Tracker, um, uh, which can be used for vaccines beyond COVID-19 setting and also plugging gaps in some of the other markets that we see in the health tech space. Brilliant. Thank you.
0: So, Daniel, um, you touched on blockchain earlier. Now, blockchain is a technology that seems to be underpinning the future of digitization, especially among corporates. Can I ask you how its application to drive a seamless connection is working for you and how it can impact companies across Asia Pacific?
1: We're big users of blockchain um, and we started this journey really to enable authentication of pharmaceutical products for patients. We've then seen that really a natural extension comes once we guarantee a product is genuine and of high quality, then if we can extend this network to then bring in things like IoT sensors around temperature control to ensure it was transported in the right conditions and then ultimately delivered to the person it should be, we can then look to automatically generate an interaction with a bank. Uh, this removes the need for manual processes uh, and really it's, it's an end-to-end seamless user experience so I think this is one area that we're seeing is, is really a natural evolution of the blockchain backbone. Obviously, blockchain itself is a natural fit when you look at things like patient records or clinical trials data. Using a blockchain-based system enables you to look at records years after the fact. Uh, and you know that the data that's held there, it's full integrity, it hasn't been tampered with, it's immutable. And um, so it really, it helps to build a, a transparent and highly trustable data layer. Um, and so for us, I think um, we're now moving away from blockchain being, as it was, you know, perceived as a, as a buzzword and it's now becoming commonplace in the industry and I think certainly in the supply chain industry.
0: Thank you. And Soha, turning to you, could I ask you about how you know blockchain is being applied on the banking side of things?
2: Users of blockchain are multilateral. There's cross-border settlements on the distributed ledger for one, and there are live examples with intrabank settlements. Essentially anything where there's an exchange of information amongst multiple parties without a trusted central authority can happen real time through blockchain. If we look at trade finance, bond issuance, all of which have live customers that we've supported, there's also been a lot of demystification of blockchains since some of the initial concerns. Is this a viable solution? Will enough corporates and institutions across the value chain adopt it? Will the regulators support it? But I think, as Daniel alluded to, there are enough live cases now for us to move past those first steps.
0: Thank you. That makes sense. And I imagine it's all about kind of knowing your customers and exactly what they can get out of the technology that you're able to provide through the transformation and digitization of platforms in banking. Now, turning to the impact across the industry, given that e-commerce and digital payments in particular are expected to continue to grow, how do you both think the treasury landscape is likely to evolve? And I wonder if this is something I could start with you on, Daniel.
1: Yeah, You know, I think blockchain underpinning can, can potentially help us transform our e-commerce platforms. Uh, we're looking to move more into kind of a marketplace, um, and with that, you obviously there's going to be more than one payment provider. There's going to be competing products, um, and really, it's all about enhancing the user and patient experience by offering a one-stop shop with the choice that, that consumers want. And um, so, really, for us, e-commerce is a is a very important channel. Um, I, we can only see it uh, hugely accelerating. It's all about how do we How do we build an ecosystem or a solution where the customer or patient never wants to leave? So they can do everything that they need to on one platform. So I think the interactions that we have, we're working with with HSBC to offer different uh, payment methods. I think it only adds to everything that we're trying to do in the e-commerce space.
0: Fantastic. And Zohair, can I ask you about the evolution of the treasury landscape from your perspective?
2: We've already seen treasuries evolve from being focused on operational efficiency to becoming more customer-centric and growth-oriented with more and more synergy between treasury and the businesses developing. Zulik Pharma is a great example. I think what Daniel and his team have achieved working in tandem with treasury and finance, often under a fairly tight timeline, is commendable. And we've seen this across a variety of our customers, be it in the B2B space or B2C space. E-commerce has been a key pillar and it's thriving. And taking this e-commerce rush a step ahead, if you look at embedding banking as a service, it leads to enabling greater growth, and enhances customer experience and loyalty.
0: Fantastic. And just to finish then, as a final question, how exactly can treasurers capture opportunities arising from this trend? And what exactly are the pitfalls that they need to be mindful of when adapting to this new environment? Uh, Zoha, let's hear from you.
2: Sure, so treasury has historically been aligned with IT, but with new digital teams, it is bridging the gap Um, and it has to evolve with the underlying objective of growing the business and increasing the bottom line. Customers now want things quicker, which derives more agility and collaboration internally. And that really is key.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, And Daniel, how about you? What are your thoughts?
1: Two years ago, uh, technology was nowhere near as high on our agenda as it is now. Um, I think Ella, you hit the, the nail on the head. You know, the, the goal is really around customer loyalty and stickiness, um, and so we need to work hand in hand with with our tech teams to enable uh, our customers to do everything that they want and need to on our platform. And as I mentioned, we never want them to to have to leave.
0: Fantastic. And and with that, um, I will wrap up today's discussion by thanking both Zohair and Daniel for their insights. Thank you very much. And we hope to see you again soon. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.